Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Dewar. Hello, hello. And our amazing guest, my longtime friend, Bradley Zorgdrager. How are you, Bradley? Good, man. I own the fucking world record of most appearances on this podcast for like I know. half a week until I have to like be tied with somebody. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show off for that week. So. Well, we need to start getting Scotty back on. To, to to catch back up to you, but uh, well, he's no, all, no, like, Scott, getting Scott married. Scott's got way less, way less than Bradley. I think he's got like half. I think. The point being, Bradley, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, school is kicking my ass. Super busy program. <laughs> um, you know, things are ramping up uh, with Brand of Sacrifice, the band I, I'm the marketing manager for. Um, Working on launching my little metal goods company. I've almost got a completed logo. Uh, we'll be making stuff and selling stuff, and that'll be. I'm really excited about that. Um, the The first thing that I'm selling is essentially like I've been wanting to do it for years, but it's kind of like a it's like a means to an end for like the next goal of the project. So like I don't want to invest like way too much of my money personally in this. So I'm going to sell the first thing and then reinvest the profits into the, into the, the next thing to take this thing where I, where I really dream envision it going and it will go. Um, so that's cool. Um, what else? I don't know. I write articles very sporadically just cause I don't very really have that much time with school. Um, I do a banger video here or there. I have to film one this weekend. Um, yeah. yeah. Are, are you still it. the exclaim editor or did you back down from that once you started going back to school? I'm confused on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so am I. Um, okay. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like I, um, it's like we let go of all of our assistant editors because of the okay. COVID thing and we couldn't, you know, keep paying that. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I guess I'm not an, an editor per se as much as like, uh, an advisor for it okay. because it's uh, admittedly like the, the current editors who are now cover everything. It's like their one uh, kind of blind spot. So mm-hmm. they, they have me kind of like, yeah, like that band over that band or like, Hey, don't cover that band. Like I heard like sketchy racist shit about them or like, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, when I have the time, um, I'm kind of like the, the de facto metal feature writer. Um, you know, we're, I think we're like, we're doing a lot less features as, as I think a lot of places are because one, there's, you know, I think less, less money going around, obviously, um, yeah, you know, yeah. with no tours to advertise and albums getting pushed and sales down, like, so less features in general. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to metal, it's like, I tend to be kind of the guy uh, to do that. So it's like, I'm an advisor slash like, lead writer like i'm probably i'm probably the most involved i'm 
I'm definitely the most involved of mm-hmm. any of the previous assistant editors. Um, but it's a bit of a weird one, and I and I really don't know how where things are going to go. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Like I I, I haven't talked to them. Like it, whenever COVID is over and the world's back to normal, are they going to hire all the assistant editors back and it be back to normal, or are we going to keep going with this or you know something in between? So I'm not fully sure. But uh, it's cool. It's cool to still to still be involved, and you know we're definitely focused a lot more on Canadian music now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's one interesting thing that's come out of COVID is that like a lot of publications have been kind of like figuring out what it is, what their USP is, and doubling down on it. And like for Exclaim, that's we're the Canadian publication. Let's focus on Canadian bands. Those stories do really well. It's really easy, I think, to get seduced by the lure of oh, look at this big American band, like, they're so big, but it's, like, in the end, then people in Canada saw that when they were following, I don't know, Rolling Stone and Spin and this and that, right? And then they see it on our site, and they're like, oh, I've already seen that, you know, whereas, like, come to our site, and there's, like, like unique content about Canadian bands, so I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of websites are kind of doing that, kind of figuring out, like, okay, well, what makes us special, rather than yep. just joining the, the echo chamber of... And, I mean, obviously, we still post, like, like some of those news, like, I don't know, like if the killers make some like announcement, we're going to post that. But like, that's yeah. not the focal point. Uh, you know, yeah. we've got like features, like I forget exactly the title, but it's like best new Canadian artists, like yeah. that you got to hear, like they put out something this, this uh, month or last month or whatever. And, you know, just really focused on highlighting that, which I think is, I think it's a positive And I think it's good for all these, you know, publications to figure out their niche because, the only way any of them are going to survive because I'm because it's such a I don't know everybody's a clone of one another to an extent Fair enough. yeah well I think that was also the original thing that Exclaim used to do at least when I was a, a teenager I remember seeing Exclaim it was mainly Canadian focused and then it kind of shifted away so I think it's kind of cool to go back to that myself yeah yeah it's 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 interesting because you know I got you know a lot of PR people like hitting me up and you know we used to cover like all of their bands because you know they're big American bands, and I'm just like, I like, I'll be like, yeah, like I'll see, but like, we're really focused on Canadian bands. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's and yeah, the yeah. same definitely was Canadian centric, but like I said, like I think it's pretty easy to get seduced by the allure of like how big the bands are in America, you know? So it is what it is, right? But um, I, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we're as much as I'm sad about it in some ways because I I'm having to turn down a lot of uh, PR folks, um, it, it's cool, it's cool, it gives me an excuse to, you know, so yeah, I mean, if there's, whenever there's a Canadian band that you're, that you're, that you're, you're working, highlight that to me and I'll make sure to forward it on to the, the right people. Sweet. So we were going to talk about your role with Brand of Sacrifice today as well. So yeah. you want to, you want to kind of go over what exactly it is that you do your role that type of thing before we get into anything? Uh, yeah, I'll, I, so I guess I'll explain kind of how I got into it because if people sure. Google me and Brand of Sacrifice, they're going to see a Kerrang article that I wrote for them. And that was kind of the start. Well, the start was years ago. I did Doors for their old, like they had like a genty progressive metal band called The After Image. And I happened to work Doors for one of their shows, like the venue hired me to do Doors. And then, so I met them there and I think we had a few mutual friends, so it was kind of like, oh, like, I've heard of you. And then I 
think I had them on Facebook, but didn't really talk to them. You know what I mean? Like we just like had each other on Facebook. And then uh, Random Sacrifice was coming out and I thought it was an, an interesting concept, like a, like this heavy ass band based on like a manga and an anime. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, and my friend Dylan was playing bass for them live. Um, he's just a live member, like as far as like the first EP and the first album, it was all just Kyle and Leo. Uh, Leo played the guitar and programmed all the drums and, and everything. And then Kyle did vocals and that, that was it. Uh, so I thought it was an interesting concept. So I was like, I, I want to do a story about this. So uh, Dylan came over with Kyle and we talked about it. Uh, and then I, I did this, I did, I had the story ready for a long time and, uh, I was trying to get it into anime publications cause I thought that would be super cool, like to cross over into that niche, but I ended up striking out and then, but ultimately, uh, Kerrang was, uh, willing to publish it. And then by the time that they were going to publish it, I, I had already been talking to brand a whole bunch about, I'd already like, just cause we were good friends at this point. So like, they would just like ask me questions and I would just like answer be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, so that was happening. And then one day, uh, I was on tour and Kyle, the singer messaged me and says, Hey man, like, um, we've got, um, we've got, uh, we, the people who were going to be in our music video ended up bailing. Um, do you like, do you know anybody? And I was able to say yes, because the tour I was on, that was the day of our Toronto show. So we were staying at my house. And then, then the next day was Hamilton, which is like a 45 minute drive away. So my friend took me there and we did that. And then, so anyway, by the time the Kerrang article was about to come out, that music video was about to come out. So it ended up being a dual feature and video premiere that I was in the video for, which was really funny. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to explain my, my path to, to this just because it, 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 you know, people could be like, wow, he's their manager and he wrote a feature on them. That's a conflict of interest. It's like, no, I wrote a feature about them, then became friends with them then kept talking. And then my, my role just kind of like became more and more, I guess, entangled in, in how they, they operate or they started to like, they kept valuing my opinions. And, uh, yeah, eventually one day I woke up to an, uh, to an email, you know, that was like, Hey, brand of brand of sacrifice would like you to accept this invitation for like an email at brand of sacrifice.com. So I was like, all right. So that's kind of that. As far as my role, uh, the email, my signature says marketing manager. Um, I like, I don't, I don't fully like know, like we, I don't have a fully defined role as much as I'm just like, I just do everything I can to, um, really help the band and, and push what I can. So I think a lot of marketing these days is not just boring stuff. It's like coming up with cool ideas. Cause that's the only thing that does anything. So it's like, I'm like chief idea generator. Not really. I mean like not chief because that makes it sound like the guys aren't coming up with ideas. They come up with a lot of ideas and they're brilliant. But you know, I'd, I'd say a lot of what I do is come up with like wild out there ideas. And then uh, because they're a very forward thinking band, they're willing to look into it and, and implement some of these things where it's like a lot of, you know, bands, there's like the old cliche, like bands don't have money. So it's like, oh, how do I promote an album with like, what, like a paper clip and five pennies or something, you know, like, no, like brand is willing to, to do the cool things. Um, yeah, just come up with as many ideas and try to find ways to promote the band and, you know, connect to people um, who are in good positions to promote the band. And uh, we, we're gonna be working with PR for this album. Um, 
I mean, we did last album as well because we were on Unique Leader, but we've hired PR for this album. And I'm, you know, coming from like the position of a journalist and having a bunch of different connections myself, um, I'm going to be working with our PR to kind of like be like, like help, I guess, shape pitches in like a way where it's just like, like if we're, if we're sending out a pitch, I can be like, oh, but like, here's a really cool angle because I know as a journalist, if somebody comes to me with a fully developed pitch and all I have to do is like do the interview and write it sick. Like if I don't really have to think about the, the crux of it. Um, so helping with that and, you know, you know, calling on some of my friends who do journalism and seeing if they're willing to, you know, throw us a bone. So it's just basically doing anything and everything I can to help um, promote the band and, and build the band. And my latest uh, venture is uh <laughs> trying to figure out TikTok, so that's cool. Yeah, trying to figure out TikTok is uh, quite the quest. What have some of your findings been so far? And honestly, so far I'm trying to figure out why the hell I can't have the username at Bradseed, because no, it says it's not available, but when I go to the profile page of at Bradseed, there's nobody fucking there. So I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I can't have this username. So I tweeted at their support, because I'm mad about it. Um, honestly, so we kind of first got intrigued by TikTok. I mean, I think everybody has been for a while, but it's just like, like it first came into the brand sphere because um, this girl, Sienna, down in uh, California did a did a TikTok listening to our one song. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Claw Marks. And she was, you know, she was, she was acting as two characters, right? And like the one character was like listening to the music, like calmly, like I don't know, like writing in a book or something like Jesus, you know, at school. And then the other character is like, oh, can I listen? Like, what are you listening to? So she gives them the headphone and like, it's super heavy. So the second character is like, what the fuck? And then the first character takes the headphone back and puts it in and smiles and nods. And that's like it. And it got like, I don't fucking know, man, like some obscene amount of views. And um, so I reached out to her, um, uh, asked if we could share it on our stuff and got a lot of you know shares on Facebook and all this it, it also got picked up by some meme pages so it's interesting that you can kind of something that you make on TikTok and does well there can have like a new life uh when it gets picked up by similar minded things on other platforms I guess you know like meme pages are all about sharing and so if, if they get picked up there like sick and yeah so so I yeah I reached out to her and asked if we could share it she said totally she was she was pretty stoked and then we uh we sent her a shirt and she's happy and i think we sent her a bag too i don't remember but uh like a side bag uh, but yeah she was happy and we're, we're happy and then um yeah uh what else what other tiktok things are there well, hold up hold up one second i got a, I, got, I got a question really quickly quickly here right. here so how do you do you guys feel that TikTok is kind of like the the platform you guys need to be focused on then is that what you're saying? Uh I think that I think for anybody to try to say that one platform should be the focus is kind of a fool's errand um sure. because they all work with each other and they're all good for you know different things. Uh I do think platform or TikTok should be a focus. But I also yep. really like the fact that Instagram has Reels now, which is essentially TikTok on Instagram, which is good because we already have a following there on Instagram. So we can kind of leverage that with the same content that we use on TikTok. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, we do, we do great on Facebook. We do, we do great on Instagram. And I mean, Twitter is 
Twitter is a very specific audience, you know, of people who are on there. I love it. And, you know, people my age and above love it, but like a lot of the kids aren't coming out for it. So it's great. You know, it's great for some things, but uh, not so much for others. Um, How many followers does uh, Brand of Sacrifice have on TikTok then? Do you know? Oh God, we're just starting. So no. Oh, so like barely nothing. Okay. So, so you're yeah. mainly, you're trying, you're trying to figure it out, but it, it hasn't really taken off quite yet then. Okay. Yeah, literally, like, we were talking this morning about, like, okay, we really got to figure this out. Like, now that, you know, stuff is, you know, sorted for, you know, everything else, like, like, with the album coming out and stuff, it's like, it's like, okay, how, like, what's a cool thing we can do to promote? It's like, well, we should be on this platform that all the kids are on, right? So. Totally. So now, now that the band, like, my understanding is they've now gone totally independent and they're just being uh, distributed by Blood Blast. So how is that going? I know, I don't. I know you weren't really with the band before when, but how, how is it kind of changing the band's marketing strategy now that they're fully independent? Uh, you know, um, I guess we just have more control over everything, you know, in sure. terms of like, Oh, like, you know, it's our, I, like I said, I don't fully know cause I wasn't around back then, but it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah. all of our say, like we don't really have to listen to anybody else. So, if we're working with a PR person and we, we say, hey, we want to go after this market, the only way that we're not going to go after that market is if the PR person gives us a reason why we shouldn't. You know, whereas in the past, it would be like, there was like levels of it. Like we could, we could come up with an idea and talk to the label about it and they could shoot it down. I'm just, again, I'm just guessing. I don't know if that's how things went. I never worked directly yeah. with Unique Leader and I don't, you know, I love yeah. that label so much and like all of their bands are great and I, I don't want it like I'm not bad mouthing them at all I'm just sure. guessing that we just have a level of control that um you know, we didn't before you know because it's it's all us so yeah yeah and and how are you going to be able to withhold yourself from telling the PR person what to do because I mean you know a lot of stuff and you've already been in the industry so how how are you going to be able to manage it where you're not like you know butting heads all the time because i could see that possibly happening because i mean you know what you're doing right oh, we're, well, we're, she knows i i would say that she knows a whole lot hell of a lot more than i know uh, Fair, okay. uh and uh you know i'm <laughs> I, I i set myself up to um be like a comp like a complimentary to her and that's my goal Fair. um Fair. is to help her fill out where it's needed uh and to come up with ideas, but ultimately it's her project, right? So it's like, if I sure. say, I really want to, this kind of article, can we kind of make this happen? Uh, maybe, maybe she'll say, no, absolutely not. Like that would be bad for the band because of this. Maybe she'll say, yeah, I have no idea about that. Do you have any contacts? Or maybe she'll say, hey, good idea. I actually know somebody in that, but like, it's my goal to like, I'm like kind of like, I'm there to help when I'm needed, but I'm not, I'm not trying to steer the project at all. Um, Fair. Okay. Good. You know, so I, I'm, I'm very respectful that she, it's her, it's her, uh, her, it's her party. I'm just crashing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to, yeah. And I mean, ultimately like I'll bounce ideas off of her, but if she says that's not right, like I'm not going to like go around her and try to make it happen. You know what I mean? I trust like, You know, there are certain, you know, things that PR people know. I know I know kind of what makes a story work a little bit yeah. from a journalistic side, but I'm sure PR people know a whole bunch of other stuff about, like, I don't know, lead time to approach a publication, like this publication or, you know, uh, or that story. That story would maybe do well, but I don't think it goes well with, like, 
what we're trying to portray or whatever, right? So yeah, yeah. No, that's a fair. That's a fair point. I, I was just curious because I've I've run into it where the person that's doing the marketing manager will be management will be trying to put their own thing on it, and then it clashes, right? So I was curious how you were going to handle that if that was to come up. I mean, it, it helps that she was my friend. She's my friend first. Like I like yeah. we had we had talked on the internet before, um, okay. and and then when we were looking to hire PR, uh, I was like. I think it was kind of like a dual thing where blood blood glass knew yeah. somebody there and yeah. I, and I did as well. And I was like, yo, that's the, that's, that's what we need to be doing. Cool. So you're, you're there to try, you're, you're, you're there not Hello? to butt heads. You're there to help. No, that, that's Hey, good. sorry. My fucking, my fucking headphones just died. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. So Bradley, you're still there. Hello. Yes, we have you. Can you hear us? Did we Bradley? lose Bradley? And Bradley is out. Well, um, that sucks. The point being, thank you very much I to Bradley. My, my headphones oh, back. he's back. Okay, we got Bradley. Maybe. Bradley? Maybe. Bradley, Bradley, Bradley. Hello? Bradley. Hey, we we hear you. We hear you, buddy. Hello. Yes. Can Hello? can you hear us? We hear you. Okay. Sorry, my fucking headphones died. Um, okay. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So, um, um, so what were you saying? What were you <laughs> we were we were talking about you and the PR, but then I thought Matt was about to ask something, but maybe maybe not. Uh, I I got distracted because of the thing. No, so I did I. <laughs> I was Getting trying to figure it out because usually when my headphones die on like the on the phone, it just automatically connects to the phone speakers. But I guess yeah. in Zoom, I had to manually change it. So I was like, "What the fuck? Why aren't you working? What the fuck?" So well, it's all good. So PR, just, PR, um, PR. Yeah, because so you were talking about how how you were working with the PR person to try to like help them versus just like you know, you know, kind of butt heads or or whatever. So if you want, like, I think you were mid answer when when you got cut off. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I just like, yeah, like, so we just have, like, I just have like a lot of respect for her and what she does mm -hmm. and her as a person. And I would never dream of trying to take that over. And ultimately, like, I think my whole goal with every band that I've ever worked with, um, you know, it's, it's, it's rarely been like a defined role because I mean, what is a defined role in the music industry? That's crazy. And it's changing all the time. And, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. So it's like my, I've never really had like, a defined role to just like do everything you can for the band that you're working for because that's what you're doing like you're trying to help the band succeed and that's the band comes before me like i'm just like you know i'm, I'm starting to sound like a fucking tool fan or something but like i'm like a, a vessel you know what i mean <laughs> to help the band as much as i can like like i don't know man like it's uh yeah like even like i don't know like i was on tour with um with this band like Pacific like five years ago four years ago maybe and it's like I oh, was you like my, was that the tour you stayed at my house at? And, yeah yeah and I was like you know I was like I don't know if my role as merch and tour manager and helping driving and this and that like I don't know if all of that entails being a water boy but it did for me because that was something that would make their time 
easier. So when they were setting up their instruments, I would make sure that I got the water bottles and I knew, you know, um, I knew that the, um, the drummer would need to, uh, the one guitar player didn't even really ever drink water while they were performing. And uh, the other, everybody else had, or the singer had two and then the other two like stringed instrument players had one. So I just like knew that and I would just bring the water bottles there. And it's like, you know, if they were, if they were out and they needed more cause it was a really hot show or whatever, I'd get it for them. It's just like, is that part of my role? It's like, I don't really know, but I wanted to do it because I knew it would make their time on stage easier. And if they're, if it's easier, they're going to perform better. And if they perform better, uh, it's better for public perception. We're probably going to sell more merch. So it's like, I think if you approach everything like that, it's pretty hard to end up, uh, taking over a project because you know that it's not the best thing for uh it's not the best thing it's not going to be the thing that re results in the best um results i guess uh for the band so it's pretty easy to stay grounded and, and to not take it over and besides i don't i don't have the time to take over it entirely you know i'm in school and um i'm busy with with a lot of things so i think if i were to try to like take over too much of the um what the hell is that noise oh it's a train um, if I were to take over too much of the um, project, I would just drown. So I practica practicality wise, I can't, but also I don't want to both because I don't want to do all that work. And because it would be, it would detract from the overall result, which is all I care about. Like, I don't care if, you know, oh, I set that article up like, okay, cool. Like, I don't really care about that. Like my recognition comes from the project as a whole doing well. If it, the whole thing does well, I'll feel very good. If I'm not going to feel good because I helped set up an individual article, like big fucking deal, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's important to realize kind of your flexibility there. And what I wanted to kind of clarify was to you, what is the difference between a marketing manager and like a manager manager? Oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't deal with, like numbers nearly as much you know i'm not worried about i don't like order product or this or that like i guess i'm just i'm primarily focused with getting the band out there so does that include stuff like spotify and stuff then bradley or or no sorry what was that i, I said does that include like trying to get them plays on spotify or no uh i mean well we 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 got blood we got blood blast right so they're yeah. they're they're in charge of that kind of thing like you know so if, you if don't I have happen... to focus on that no not really no okay fair so then so then what what would you say would be your defining role in getting the band known then i mean i guess i mean i'm just looking at it almost from like a anything that can get eyes on the band um you know be that you know articles be that you know oh this is a cool video idea that we can do um you know, I've thought of like a fun little, yeah, I thought like, that's like another thing that I thought of, like I thought of like an interesting video thing that we could do. That's not a full on music video, but it's like a, it's a visual thing that people will think will enjoy. Um, yeah. I think the band has set themselves up in a really good way where they are a meme band. Like they have shared, mm -hmm. like not that they're only defined by their memes, but that they have shared memes and they've done well. And like, they got a lot of viral success off another page doing, doing memes. So like, I feel like they've set themselves up quite well to use something like TikTok, whereas like a lot, like, I don't know, like a super like serious, like black metal people. It's like, I mean, what are you going to do on TikTok? You know, like I think yeah. they're set up, they're set up well for like a lot of crossover um, into different platforms and into different genres, just based on how that they've 
uh, portrayed themselves. Like they take their, you know, and I'm, this is a cliche, but you know, they take their music super seriously, but they don't take much else and their business, you know, but like they don't take, yeah. you know, they're not above, you know, jokes and this and that. And it's really fun to, you know, work with somebody who's willing to do that kind of stuff. Well, it's so rare with metal nowadays too. Most of them are just like, got, you know, they're tight asses and they don't want to do anything funny. <laughs> yeah, I think honestly, like, and I think like one problem that a lot of bands have, um, yeah. and artists in general, I'm sure, is like the whole like, well, I want the music to do this talking. Okay, well, it won't. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but it won't. You have yeah. to do, you know, if like, I don't know, like, you know, Kyle is like a huge fucking Counter-Strike fan. Like, if there's a, like, let's say that there's a fucking Counter-Strike blog just for that video game, and somebody is just like, hey, like, I heard that your singer has been playing this for, like, a decade, like, or more. I don't know. I don't know how long the game's been around. Like, would he want to talk time. about it? And, and, and some bands might be like, nah, like, like, the music should do the talking. But, like, I, I'm pretty sure Kyle would be stoked and down because that's, that's the only way to grow, I think, in these days is to go outside of, you know, the metal audience because, like, it's such it's such a it's such a passionate um subculture that like like a lot of people have already heard about your band so like the best way to grow is to go outside of that like you get a post on a metal on a metal site like yeah it's gonna do well but if you go on to like if we got on like a, a manga or an anime website and it's like let's say 10 percent of the people on that read that website are like interested in metal but for mm -hmm. them what metal is to us is anime so anime is and manga is what they fucking focus their whole life on so they don't go searching for this stuff so suddenly if you're put in front of them they're just like oh i like metal but i don't care but now there's this band like that's just right put right in front of me i'm just gonna listen to them like those are the kind of people where uh if you go to if you go to a concert and mm -hmm. you're open you're, you're opening for like a band that they love like they add you to their to their playlist moving forward because they don't think and and care like they're just like oh a band i love gave you the cosine okay i like you now you know what i mean like yeah yeah not that they're not that they're mindless because that sounds that sounds really really bad but like that you know they're not as you know critical um maybe because it's less of a they're not inundating themselves with it at all times so when they do hear stuff it's a lot more new and fresh and you know yeah. they generally hear what's put in front of them or what their friends recommend them because they're not digging themselves um so I, you know, I think that, you know, it's a good, a good, a good method to go beyond those confines and, you know, in, in, in many ways, be that, you know, doing funny content or be that, you know, doing ads or not ads, sorry, uh, doing articles like beyond, um, beyond, uh, you know, your typical metal stuff or, or this or that, but, you know, I think, yeah, you know, you got to think outside think outside the box both like in terms of like your genre box and where where you're expected to be but also in terms of um interesting ideas which we have a lot of but i can't tell you about them right now because they're not public and then somebody will steal our shit <laughs> as we head what? towards the end are there any sort of final points you want to push uh brand of sacrifice is the greatest band in the world and if you're not listening to them you're stupid as fuck uh no uh honestly okay we just got here, how about this? We just got a new lineup. We got uh, this guy, James Norrell, on drums, who uh, he plays with Dave Davidson in that uh, Gargoyle band. Uh, yeah. he has, he has, and he has a bunch of other projects himself. Um, so he's on drums, and we're super, super excited about that. And then our old bass player, Dallas, is back playing bass for us again, uh, which is tight. I think he's been working as a cell phone 
mall kiosk or store manager for a while and now he wants to fucking rock again so we get a fucking rock with our boy um so that's cool i mean you know at the risk of you know sounding like a cliche like this is the strongest lineup the band has ever had i mean i've seen a, i've seen a music video of them you know performing live and they got they seem to have good chemistry uh you know i guess we'll see until we play live but you know james is such a such a beast of a player that i, I don't really have any doubts that he's gonna crush it and fucking dallas is awesome he's got great great kicks in the one music video that i'm in he does this crazy kick it's very cool so i'm gonna make him kick every night on tour well very fair this has been dumb and dumbest you have been listening are we done yet ah fuck mm -hmm.